0: Hi everybody, today is the 1st of December 2021. Uh, My name is Rita Q. and welcome to the Overeaters Anonymous meeting, special focus, 100-pounder special focus, I should say, and and today I'm absolutely delighted to introduce Brandy M. Brandy is from Sherwood Park in Canada and she has been in O.A. 27 years. I'm going to let her share her experience, strength and hope now. Take it away, Brandy. Mm, Thanks, Rita. it's funny because you know I booked this with Rita probably six months ago, and in my in relapse and in my disease, I could have never booked something six months ago and felt like actually I was going to be able to show up abstinent six months later, um, because I was one of those people who would get a week lose, get a week lose. And, you know, that was my, that was my constant for so many years. Um, so I am Brandy M. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater food addict. Um, and like Rita said, I'm from Sherwood Park, Canada, um, and it's pretty cold here today. Um, so... Where I came from, um, so I love this meeting cause it fits me exactly. I am a hundred pounder um, as of today cause I weigh once a month. Um, I've lost 161 pounds um, from my top weight. So my top weight was 350 pounds um, and I am so grateful. And you know, I still continue to work towards a healthy body weight. And you know, when you're that large it take, it it can take a while. And, you know, for me personally, I always, you know, wanted something quick. I wanted that quick fix and, you know, just give me the diet, take off the weight. And so I tried, I tried everything in this disease. Um, You know, I put, tried putting like pregnant people's urine into me. I tried, you know, all sorts of doctor supervised diets. I, I tried because I, You know, I was always of the opinion if I could just lose, you know, 10 or 20 pounds, then that would get me on the track and then I would be able to stay. And that was always wrong. You know, I I couldn't because I didn't, you know, even though I was in program, I still was out there trying to find easier, softer ways, ways that I could do it quicker, ways that I didn't have to do what a lot of the people in the rooms were doing because, you know, I knew better than them and I, I knew best. And so, um, like that almost killed me that kind of attitude. Um, because, you know, in the end, like I was very sick and I was very, like I was dying in relapse and I came in the rooms when I was 16 years old, which, um, today I'm 43 and, um, I saw a lot of people with, you know, like some people had lost weight, some people hadn't, you know, and I just kind of thought away was just somewhere you went to talk about my food problem and to like cry a lot because I was like always crying at meetings because I was always depressed and life was always unmanageable for me. Um, You know, and I was always trying to control every little thing. And so I, you know, I just thought that it was, like dieting with group support. And, you know, I did, I lost, I lost over a hundred pounds and, you know, all of that, but I was still not food neutral. I was still not having freedom. I was still thinking about food and weight and all of those things all the time. And I was still obsessed. And, you know, I, I just, that was kind of my history. I always say like, my history is, is that my brain was filled with what diet I'm going to start on Monday how what kind of binges I'm going to have until Monday planning them and carrying them out and then when Monday came and I wasn't able to stick to it longer than a day then starting that over and that was my life like I didn't have a whole lot of room up in my head for anything else you know I was I was obsessed with food weight body all of that and you know and and that showed in my life because, you know, in relationships, if you're obsessed with all of these other things, I wasn't able to be present in relationships. I wasn't able to show up when I needed to. I, you know, I, I got by, I got by in life and, you know, did I get a good job? Did I do those things? Yes, I did. But, you know, I settled in a lot of areas in my life because of my weight and because you know, I just didn't have the energy to do more. You know, when you're carrying around an extra, you know, well, 200 pounds, that's a lot. And that's a lot to be able to live with. You know, not only does that bring things like, you know, people, people looking at me, you know, I really see today that, you know, other people are very judgmental and I'm treated 100% different being in a thinner body. And you know, I always said, oh no, people treat me just the same. And, you know, people are prejudiced against overweight people. And I see that. And I would never have experienced that had I not been where I am today. Um, but you know, and and for me, I, you know, I, I wanted male attention. I love male attention because I I seek that validation and that, you know, love. And I just wanted somebody to love me because. I could not love myself and so I needed you or anyone to love me and validate me and tell me how great I am and you know I really I needed that to feel okay and like I always I always think of it as like my God-shaped hole was something that I you know filled with whether it be men or you know relationships or food or alcohol or whatever like it it just got filled with other things other than God. And, you know, that doesn't work. It doesn't work, it doesn't work to help me feel good. It might be temporarily feeling good, but it doesn't work long-term. And, you know, I, I ended up being like very, you know, promiscuous and just like looking for looking for that because I thought, well, you know, if my, my dad used to say to me, like, you better lose weight because no one's ever gonna love you at that size. And, you know, I really I believe that I believe that for a long time, and you know what I know today is that my my dad was perhaps spiritually sick and you know said things that maybe he shouldn't have said, um, but he was just doing his best at the time, not making it okay, but you know he was doing his best with what he could, and but unfortunately I carried those messages with me for years and years, and I you know went through life where you know just seeking see always seeking and and never feeling good enough like i you know and even today whenever you know i'm looking at certain situations or things pop up like it always goes back to that core belief of like i'm just not good enough i just can't do it right i can't get it you know and then today by the you know grace of this program I don't have to stay there. I don't have to stay in the, that thought. I can, you know, address that with a fellow and with God and and move forward and know that, you know, look at the facts, Brandy. Look at the facts. Are you really not good enough? You know. And today I can see the truth from the false. Where before I could not see that. I couldn't see what was a lie and what was true. And you know, so I I lived life in 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 kind of a fog, and you know just. Just doing my best at the time, but you know, when you're a hundred pounder, like life becomes sometimes it, well, it did for me. Life became unbearable. You know, like I wasn't able to travel. I like I remember I would go traveling, um, and my sister at first I would go with my sister, and you know we went on a trip and it, it was beautiful and I and I loved it. And so it, I, but I was like over 300 pounds at the time. And I remember her like being so kind to me and like, you know, she let me sit by the window so that I could squish in. She like, you know, kind of protected me. And I remember when I went on my first trip without her and I didn't have that security blanket and everyone could see, and, you know, I needed a seatbelt extender and all of those things that like, you know, we experienced that's So it's embarrassing. And, you know, it, it never felt good. And, you know, people, some of the stewardess making a skeptical like saying it loud and you know just just embarrassing and you know meanwhile I'm like all of these physical things are happening to me and I'm you know my body's breaking down but I can't stop eating compulsively you know all I wanted to do was stop but all I kept doing was eating and, you know, even in these rooms, I guess I never really thought it was a disease. I never thought, I, I thought like, you know, where it says in the big book, I thought someday, somehow I'm going to be able to control this. Like, I'm going to, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to figure this out. Right. And that was like the story of my life. I need to figure this out today. I don't need to figure anything out. God will figure it out for me. All I need to do is put it in his hands and let go and get out of the fucking way. Because I am so good at, you know, hear God. Oh no, let me orchestrate a little bit, you know. No, get out of the way, Brandy. Because everything that I do is is a struggle. If it's a Brandy decision, it typically is a struggle. Where if it's God, it feels right. It feels like yeah, this is this is the way it's supposed to be. And you know, for for so many years, I just lived in in chaos. And you know. And just fighting that, that constant fight, that constant in your head of like, I don't want to eat today. And then you're in the cupboard or, you know, I'm going to make it home from work today without stopping. And then I'm at the drive through and, you know, I'm going to this weekend, I'm, I'm like, I used to stay, I used to stay pretty good during the week and then I'd binge on the weekends and, you know, and then on Monday it was like, Oh, like it was so hard. Like that was, that was the life that I lived and you know it was unbearable and you know you know i in these rooms i heard a lot of good messages you know i heard let us love you till you can love yourself and you know that's really great but that's not going to get me well you know people are not by you loving me you're not going to get me well you know people people love me to death they they were loving me to death you know no one was really saying like hey I, I think you're struggling. Like, did you, you know, towards the end, a woman said to me, and you know what, it hit me like right between the eyes. She's like, Brandy, we're gonna lose you to this disease. And I'm like, oh, that didn't feel good. That made me think. Where, you know, where it was like, oh, you're eating, oh, that's okay. No, that's not helpful. That's not helpful for me. I need to be called out on my no, I don't want anyone to co-sign my bullshit. You know, or Or tell me that it's okay to be eating because it's not because that's going to kill me. And for me, I never saw that. I, you know, I never saw this disease killing me. Even at 350 pounds, I was like, "Well, I'm not that fat. I'm still okay." Like I was, I didn't see it, and we don't see it. And that's like, you know, that's part of it. Is I think we just, you know, this is this is how I show up, and you know, but today, living a recovered life. I see how that's no way to live, no way to live. You know, like today I live my best life for the most part. Do I have struggles? Yes. Do I have people that I can, you know, count on that are going to be there during my struggles? And do I have God? Yes. Do I work my program during them? Yes. So, you know, eventually it gets better. Um, So that, that's kind of my history in, in the rooms, you know, and, and I'm so grateful for OA though. I'm so grateful that I got to grow up in these rooms because my life is a hell of a lot better than probably what it would have been. Um, you know, even just because you learn such great things, you learn how to be a good person you learn that you should be of service. So I would pick like the little things that I wanted and not work anything else. But, you know, I, I think I was a better person because of these rooms, um, or at least more open. Um, and so in 2019, um, I believe, um, so I've been, abs- I've been entirely absent um, two years and three months. And for me, that's an absolute miracle. Like, I could not string, you know, a week together, let alone two years. Um, But it took me hitting a bottom that I had never, ever wanted for myself or imagined. Um, Many of you that heard my story, um, you're going to hear it again. Um, I, I was in a really dark place. I was, you know, I was in the rooms, in and out. Um, I, I kept trying to get abstinent and, you know, kept falling flat on my face into the food. I was trying to get abstinent, but I wasn't doing any sort of footwork. You know, I would wake up in the morning, I would sit on the edge of my bed, and my bed was, like, super low, and, you know, I used to think, how the hell am I going to get up off this bed? And I would have to pull myself with the door frame, with the closet door frame, up off the bed because it was so low and I was so large. Today, I can just get up off that bed very easily. Um, but then I had to, you know, pull my, and I remember just like dreading having to get up. And I would say to God, I would sit on the edge of the bed and I would say, God, please not another day of this. Please, like I hate it. And then I would, you know, get about my day and stop at, you know, wherever on the way to work. And, you know, with good intentions, like I had such good intentions, but I always got back into the food. And this was the first time in my recovery or in in program or in my life where I felt I was powerless over food and my life was unmanageable. Like, I never experienced that type of powerlessness. And for me, that was a gift from God. When my mom, my mom, who was like my best friend, my person, she ended up getting in March of 2019 or 18, I don't know, um, she ended up getting diagnosed with pancreatic cancer. And um, I was devastated, devastated. I can't even tell you what, what my feelings were because i was eating and i was drinking and i was doing whatever i could not to feel those feelings i remember laying on her when she told me like she she said brandy come over and i was like oh my mom never asked me to come over okay and so i went over and she you know had a bottle of wine there and uh she's like do you want some wine and i'm like mm, am i going to need it And she's like, yeah, yeah, I think you will. (laughs) And so I sat with her and, you know, I laid on her shoulder and I said, this is my worst nightmare as I'm crying. This is my worst nightmare. I used to lay in my bed when I was a kid. And even as an adult and the thought of my mom ever passing would bring me like sobbing tears. Like I just could not imagine life without her. And so, you know, as I held her, I was like, well, you know, maybe like, you know, we can beat this, we can beat this. And, you know, little did I find out that pancreatic cancer at that stage is, you know, not typically curable. And so my mom was dying. And hearing those words set me into one hell of a relapse. You know, I was using outside issues to stop eating i was you know eating compulsively like no tomorrow i was like from her diagnosis which was in march to the time she died in august i gained 50 pounds um i saw like i was a train wreck and you know i wanted to be there for my mom so badly that's all i wanted i just wanted to spend time with her and enjoy that last those last moments with her but i couldn't you know, I would go and I wouldn't be present. I'd have my hand in the cookie jar the whole time I would be getting up to go eat in the kitchen, then come back. And, you know, I remember I said to my mom, I said, you, you know, mom, like I'm struggling, like I'm struggling hard. And she's like, I know I'm so worried about you. And I'm so worried that I'm going to leave. And, you know, you're, you're doing this to yourself. And, you know, cause that was her mentality. And, you know, I would, I said, oh, mom, like, you know what, I'm gonna go to treatment for this. I, I need help. And she's like, you know, I just hope that you don't continue to eat like this. And I was like, no, no, like I'm gonna stop. I'm gonna stop tomorrow, mom, like I, I'm, I'm good. And you know, this was a woman who, of course I wanted to make my promises and meet my promises to her. You know, of course I wanted her to see me well before she died, but I couldn't, cause I was powerless. I was powerless over food and my life was unmanageable, and I wasn't using the directions to get out of it. I was trying on self will. Well, self will is going to get me nowhere. I'm not going to be able to do this on my own. I tried for years to do this on my own. And today I try and stay in the center of the herd and I try to stay with my fellows because I have to. It's not an option. And, you know, when she was when she was dying, like when she after she died, I was like, and I already had like treatment book to go to. Um, and I continued to eat and continue to use and do whatever until September 12 when I went to treatment. And you know, not everyone has my experience of having to go to treatment, but I did. I did. I needed help to put down the food. I tried. You know, people would say to me, Brandy, I'll work with you, but you have to put down the food. Like you have to have it down for three days before we can get into the work. I wasn't able to, you know, and, and I hear all things all the time, like, oh, you know, um, we're we're powerless, but we're not helpless. And I did feel helpless. I really did. I I tried and I, I just... There was a block for me. I couldn't do it. And so I went and I, you know, and I remember getting on the plane and being like, what the hell are you doing? Why are you spending so much money? This is just another countless an attempt of like, oh, we're going to fix the food problem. And, you know, I had such a negative attitude going into it. And, you know, but I felt like, I felt like OA was my last house on the block when I came, you know. And then this, and then I was like, it's that bad. It's that bad that I need to pay and go to treatment. Like, to me, food didn't need that. That's always what I believed. You know, drug addicts need that. Alcoholics need that. Food addicts don't need that. Well, I did. I was a bottom feeder, compulsive overeater that needed help. And Today, I like that was the best thing that I ever did. You know, I went in and I mocked their food plan. And they told me that I wasn't going to eat sugar, I wasn't going to eat flour, I wasn't going to eat, I wasn't going to drink caffeine, which I'd already given up caffeine. So that was okay. um, Or artificial sweeteners or any like, I mean, basically anything that I was eating, I wasn't going to eat anymore. And I was like, this is ridiculous. And You know, they would say, uh, you need to have 10 ounces of vegetables with your breakfast or with your lunch and dinner. And I'd be like, that's disgusting. I would push it across the table and be like, this is gross. I'm not eating it. And they would say, oh, okay. So how is this, how has this been working for you, Brandy? You know, I had to set aside everything I thought I knew so I could have a new experience. Those ways weren't working anymore for me. So... I would choke down the food, I would choke down the vegetables, I'd wash them down with my water, whatever I needed to do. Because I couldn't bear another thought of living like I was living anymore. And you know, I remember my sponsor saying to me, she's like, you know, Brandy, one day, you're gonna want more vegetables. And I'm like, bull, bull, mm, not gonna happen. And you know, today, sometimes I'm like, yeah, it would be nice to have more vegetables. You know, because I continue to be on that same food plan to two and a half year, or two years and three months later. For me, like I don't stick to shit. You know, this had to have been gone. This had to have been gone. Like, because I, I I wouldn't have been able to do this on my own, you know, to not have sugar for, or flour for that long. Like there's life without those things. Yes, yes, there's tons of life without food. And not only that, like. I'm placed in a position of neutrality, safe, protected. You know, I don't think about food. I don't think about those foods. I, you know, I get up in the morning. I've already committed my food to the the night before. I weigh and measure my food. I even do it in restaurants because that's how I need to do it. And I just live my life. And I don't think about having anything different. And, you know, when you're not... Constantly obsessing about food and weight and all of those things, like there's a whole lot of life to be lived, and you know the relationships that I have today are they're like miracles. I'm like, wow, you know, I'm navigating things in recovery that I've never navigated before, and I'm doing it with my head held high. You know, I I went I'm going through a separation right now, and that was something I was talking about when I went into treatment and it took me two years to work through that and process that. And this is where, this is where life has changed for me is, you know, I, Brandy would have a thought. She would act. That was always the way that it would be. You know what? Like I would always react. If you said something to me, I would react today. I can take that pause and be like, okay, God, this is in your time, not mine. You know, and there was a lot of ambivalence during that whole two year period with my husband. And I didn't know what I was going to do. I had no idea where, where God would lead me. You know, I did a lot of footwork around trying to, trying to change it, trying to, you know, make it better. And But at the end, I'm not in the business of outcomes. And so I always said, God, you have it. You have it. You just show me. And, you know, God showed me in the summertime that it was time to go and gave me the strength and the courage to carry that out. Because, of course, I was I'm scared. I am, you know, hurt. I'm sad. I'm, you know, like. It's a huge life transition. I have two kids, you know, like what's life going to look like? All of that. That none of that mattered. None of that mattered. What mattered is that I took the next right action and followed what my higher power was directing me to do. And is every day easy now? No. You know, one of the big questions that I had over my head when we split up is, am I staying in the house or am I going? Can I afford it or not? Can Can I be here? You know, and that's something I like, and I always think, like I put it in a box and I give it to God. And it was something that I gave to God. And to yesterday, and he wasn't giving me an answer. And that's the thing is God doesn't always like give me an answer when I say, here you go, tell me what I need to do. He that's says 25 minutes. Thank you. He says, Thank you, Brandy. I'll get back to you in my time. And that's hard sometimes to wait. But you know, I God brought it to me yesterday. And I think I put in it, well, I put in his hands like two and a half months ago. And I've been kind of going back and forth and just kind of, you know, doing the footwork around this stuff. And mm-hmm. in God brought it to me yesterday with some information and I'm going to sell my house. And instead of being scared, I'm like excited. I'm like, yeah, God has me. He's not going to lead me to this decision and let me drop on my face. You know, God's with me, regardless of what it looks like. I may not like the plan or the outcome, but I just need to follow it. I just need to do the footwork. And that's been my experience in this program is I needed to pick up the big book. I needed to find a sponsor and go through the steps. And I did them fairly quickly at first because I knew that that food was not gonna stay down. You know, and if you're struggling or if you're new or, you know, if you've been in the rooms a long time and you're struggling, like the biggest thing for me was just to really like, it was like, I needed to accept that I needed to focus on step one. I had a step one issue my step one was that I still thought that I had some power over this disease. And, you know, there's no doubt in my mind where it, where it says in the big book that, you know, that lurking notion that someday somehow we're going to be able to control our eating, that has to be smashed. There, there's nothing in me that, that says having a chocolate bar would be a good idea. There's nothing in me because I know where that takes me. I've done it time and time again, and I don't need to continue to practice. I know if I pick up, I'll be off and running. Where before it was always like, well, if I pick up, I could probably get back on Monday and, you know, and I'm doing this on Tuesday. Like it would, I would have like that idea that I could stop on my own. Today, I'm not willing to test that. I have a healthy fear of this disease and I'm just not willing to go there. And so for me, it's been, it's been such a journey. Like it's been, it's been a journey of like uncovering, discovering and discarding. And, you know, there's parts of me that I didn't even know were there. Like just the excitement and the, like, just to kind of know who, who I am, who is Brandy. You know, I remember when people used to say, like, what do you like? Who are you? I don't know. I don't know. You know, today I could tell you what I like. Today, I could tell you what I'm into, you know, because before I wasn't living life. And today, you know, I get up and it's like, it's a new day. And, you know, what does God bring me today? Okay, I'm, I'm gonna sit with this. And, you know, another thing that's been key for me is the higher power. I was very much like, that's kind of hokey I don't really like that like I don't think that it's gonna be God that does for me what I do for don't do for myself or whatever come on guys like mm, I balked that constantly like I thought I had control until I didn't have control and you know I needed to trust and rely on a power greater than myself and like you know how i first started doing that is i saw it in other people i was like whoa like i would go to the la birthday party and i would you know be binging in my room or doing whatever and and or in the cafeteria cuz at one point i didn't give a shit who saw me um and but i would see these people who were happy they were abstinent they were in thin bodies they were you know they just exuded confidence and like love and like I loved seeing it but I all but I also would leave being like yeah no that's uh I'm not going to be able to get that because you know I'm terminally unique and so I'm not going to get there and today I'm there I'm one of those people that I saw at the birthday party you know I'm 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 in the center of the herd you know and I I I just do my best one day at a time. I don't do things perfectly. And, you know, in situations like I'm in, there's things that come up where I'm like, oh. And I just, you know, I just try and do my best. I just try and show up as God would have me be. And I've had to like, you know, take a look at how much service I was doing and cut back on a bit because my family obviously needs me, but I'm trusting and relying on my higher power to show me those things. You know, it's not Brandy controlling those things anymore. You know, my answer to everything today is go to God, like go to God. That's where the answer is. I never believed that before, but today I I know that without a doubt because I feel it, you know, and, and just my life shows that you know i'm going to close with a, thank you um with the fact that service has been one of the biggest things in my recovery sponsorship carrying this message doing what i need to do to to work with that newcomer because i need to hear what it was like cuz you you can forget right like you're living this life but i need i need to go back and i need to work that with a new person so that i can remember where i came from because I can never forget what that was like and you know I'm so grateful to be here and share my my message with you and um thank you